right, so technically not preaching today, but thanks for the shout out. It's all good. It's all good. That's right. Testimony Sunday. Very good. Y'all are preaching tonight. But first, we're going to start with a quiz. I was serious about this. Um, we have 13 multiple choice questions, so I invite you to take out your smartphones. First, be sure that they are silenced. Silence your cell phone first. And to join our little quiz time, uh, text the word Calvin to 37607. 37607. And in just a minute, you'll get something back that says either you joined, if you've done this before, or, oh, you're a first-timer. All right. 37607. Are we there? Good? We're not where? Give me a thumbs up if you have, you have there. Okay. Give me a hand if you still need time. Okay. We'll wait a couple minutes. Are we good? Anybody, anybody need time? Good. So 13 multiple choice questions, A to D are your choices. And um, they're based on the Bible studies and the loft sermons that we've done together. And so um, it's all anonymous. No one will know that it's you. Uh, so you just get to do your best guess, all right? And hopefully many of us will have the correct answer, all right? Are we good? Sarah, here's your first one. The disobedience of Adam and Eve is referred to as A, original sin, B, the fall, C, really, really stupid, D, all of the above. Go. Just text one letter. Is the right answer going to win? That's the question. <laughs> okay, we're almost there. Many of you said the fall, which is right. It's also referred to as original sin. It's also, that's also the theological reference for it. And it also was really, really stupid. So um, you got all that. All right, are you ready for the next question? Ready for the next question? Okay, here we go. Next question. Noah's wife was named A, Esther, B, Ruth, C, the Bible doesn't say, D, Joan of Arc. I put this one in because actually there are people who think it was Joan of Arc. It's not. It's not Joan of Arc. It's, uh, the Bible doesn't say. The Bible doesn't say. She, she has no name. No name. All right, next question. Huldah prophesied to which king? Somebody's got to slow down and read the answers. I've got to talk to you about your academic performance here. Josiah, Ahasuerus, David, Jehoiakim. Huldah prophesied to which king? She was awesome. She was wise. Who did she talk to? Correct answer is A, Josiah. Josiah, well done. Jacob was the son of 
Y'all awful. Israel and Rachel, Isaac and Rebecca, Adam, Abraham and Sarah. The son of. All right, I feel better now. I feel better. I'm feeling better every moment. Okay, just a fun fact. Israel is also a name for Jacob. So give that a little thought. Um, it is B, indeed, Isaac and Rebecca. Yes, good job, good job. All right, what else we got? Hannah teaches us, A, how to pray about keeping vows made to God, sacrificial love, D, all of the above. Hannah. Good. Yeah, we're good. We're, I'm feeling really good about that. Well done. Hannah was the mother of Samuel. Right. Very good. All right. Next one. The first person in the Bible to give a name to God is Abraham, Adam, Hagar, Sarah. Abraham, Adam, Hagar, or Sarah. Yes, we're feeling good. We're feeling good. Feeling good. It was Hagar. Uh, do you have the bonus point question up here? I don't know if that made it in. Did the bonus point question, what was the name of God? Okay, I'll ask you first. If you guys took the ACT like this, it's amazing you made it into this place. I am serious. Moses struck the rock with his staff at the waters of... Yes, it's B, Meribah. Now wait, Sarah, wait just a second, wait just a second. Um, Hagar's name for God, does anybody know what it was? El Roy, which means the God who sees, right? Really important to remember that, the God who sees, the first name given to God. Meribah. Okay, was, was Moses feeling happy on this particular day? Was he feeling really joyful, full of the love? No. How was he feeling? A little angry. Yeah, I was a little upset. A little upset. Yep. Did the water still come out of the rock? Yes, it did. It did. All right, what's next? The descendant of Ruth and Boaz was <laughs> Jesus, David, Josiah, all of the above. I'm feeling better. This doesn't look good. Yeah, so uh, David was the great-great-grandson, and then Josiah came later in the tree, the family tree, and then Jesus came later, right? This is all part of the tribe of Judah. Very good, very good. All right, next one. Queen Vashti, smash the patriarchy, was the wife of David, Solomon, Nebuchadnezzar, or Ahasuerus? It doesn't let you resubmit. It does not. No, it's like a professor that way. You're just done. One and done. It was Ahasuerus. Yes. Ahasuerus. Ahasuerus. Yes. Good. All right. And Queen Vashti was asked to go in and do what? 
Show how hot she was. Yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And she said, no. She said, no. That's right. All right. In the Bible, the book of Job comes right before the book of 1 Samuel, Malachi, Psalms, Jeremiah. You know you have Bibles right in the pews. Yes, good. Psalms, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, or whatever. Okay. Yes, Psalms, good. All right. How many tribes were there in Israel? Seven, 40, 12, three. Oh, this is good. This feels good. This may be your highest scoring one so far. Twelve. And they were the twelve sons of who? Jacob, whose name could also be? Right. Very good. And the two tribes became the kingdom of? And the ten tribes became the kingdom of? Very good. All right. What tribe of Israel did the priests come from? Levi, Gad, Judah, Dan. Yes. Levi. Who was the first high priest? He was the brother of? And his sister's name was? Very good. Very good. Miriam, you got it? Okay. Next one. What did King Josiah do with all the temples to the other gods? Redecorated them? <laughs> Destroyed them? Gave them new names? Made a donation to each of them? Loosely interpreted, you could say he redecorated them if completely annihilating them is what he did. Yes, he completely destroyed them, burned them, scattered the ashes, burned human bones on them so no one else would use them, totally wiped them out. King Josiah. King Josiah was good or bad? Good. His dad and his grandpa were? Yes. Good. Is that it? Good job, everybody. Good job. Fun facts. So we do that little refresher um, to remember the stories that we have covered this semester, and that wasn't nearly all of them. But we've gone through 20 different stories if you did all of the Bible studies and all of the lofts. You've done 20 different stories. And so hopefully you're more equipped for not only your religion classes, but really, we do this so that we can look at the Old Testament and understand who God was then so that we can figure out who God is now. And we can see, if we can see how God engaged with people and talked with people and shaped people's lives then, we can see how God is doing that in our lives now. So the more we study who God is and how he engages with his people, the more we can see and help each other pay attention to how God is in our own lives. That's why we study Scripture. That's one of the joys of studying Scripture. And you'll also notice, I hope, that in every loft sermon and in every Bible study, we pointed to Jesus. 
Because every Old Testament story is in there for a reason. It's part of a long narrative that points to Jesus. The Bible is 66 books written over thousands of years in three different languages, and it all tells the same story. This is remarkable among religions. No other religion has a book like this. Most of the other ones have a book that was written by one person in that person's lifetime. The Bible is a unique and special book. And it teaches us about who our God is and the story that he invites us to be a part of, which is a story of redemption and a story of hope. And so tonight, you're going to have the opportunity to think about the semester and how God has shown up in your life. And the way we're going to do it is this. Every one of you now has a little index card and a pen, and in just a minute, um, we'll put a prompt on the screen. And on one side of the card, we invite you to write the answer to the prompt, all right? On the other side of the card, if there's something in your life that you would like prayer for, or if you want to meet with a chaplain, um, just feel free to write that information on the back side of the card with your contact information, and we'll be happy to set that up, all right? So on one side, the testimony, and if you want, on the back side, anything that you would like us to know. So uh, for your testimony, you're going to write it on here, and then if you want, you will come up to the microphone, and you will read exactly what's on your card. You won't say, okay, to understand my card, you need to know the backstory. No, 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 no. You will read what's on your card. And then you will go and you will put the card in the basket and you will walk back to your seat. All right? Now, we do this because every now and then we have somebody who has quite a story to tell. And there are lots of people who have stories to tell. And so we want to honor each other's time and respect each other's stories by limiting ourselves all right, to what we write on the card. Now, if you'd prefer not to come up to the microphone, you could just bring it on up and put it in this metal basket right here, okay? Just lay it right in the basket right there. Um, the microphones, you just squeeze them. If you're uh, the mass majority of you who are taller than I am, you just squeeze it, and it goes up and down, okay? There you go. All right, you all have your instructions? You know, one side of an index card, we're all honoring each other by limiting ourselves to one side of an index card and reading what's on the card. Have I made that clear? All right. Here is your prompt to write about. Through our study of the Old Testament this fall, God has taught me. What has he taught you? What's he been doing in your life? Take some time. Think about this. And as soon as one of you is ready, you can come on up, you can line up at the microphones, and we'll just listen to what God's been doing on our campus. You can say, God has taught me, God has shown me, God has convicted me.
has taught me to trust him to manage the path my life will take. me how important this part of scripture is, the value of prayer, being real with God and others, seeking justice, forgiveness, placing everything in God's hands, and that it all points to Jesus, who came and will come again and is reconciling absolutely everything to himself. God has shown me that through it all, he never leaves us. He is ever present. He is ever working in our lives through what trials may come. On his time, he will make things right, and forever he is good, and forever he is faithful. God has taught me, sometimes praise and lament are all mixed together. God is with me even when it doesn't feel like it. As I make my plans, it's important to remember God is ultimately in control. It's important to take time and rest and listen to God. I cannot achieve perfection, but God is continually working in and through me despite my imperfections. God has taught me that through all of life's unpredictableness, God is always constant. My value isn't based on this world, but solely on him. God has shown me that he never fails, that prayer goes a long way, and that in his control, all things are good. God has taught me to go through life with just enough so that I can learn to rely on him and not anything that isn't of him. Um, it's been hard. Uh, it's been really hard, uh, but he's been giving me just enough so that I can keep going. God has taught me that he has controlled all things throughout all of the ages and that he's still, that he still is now. The things that are hard for me right now are only going to be an anthill to step over in the long path. That is my life. God taught me how to be thankful in every moment, even in sufferings. Also, God me, taught me to believe in Him, even the things happen to me that I couldn't even understand. God has taught me that He wants to have a good relationship with me, that He wants to talk with me every day. He has taught me that there is no coincidence in my life and that everything is under His control. 
God has taught me that he has been using sinners throughout history to do his work, which means that he can use us as well. God has showed me that his plan is way better than mine is. God has taught me that if we all didn't make mistakes, then life would be dull, and we wouldn't realize how important it is to trust in him even when we goof up. God has taught me to just simply trust him with my future. God has taught me that reflecting on my inner self, my thoughts, feelings, and emotions may be hard, like a tingly feeling that arises when numbness begins to fade. But when I do open my heart to God's word, I am transformed into someone more like him. God has taught me that he uses both the powerful and the powerless, leaders and servants. God calls us into a story, we just have to listen and follow him. God has taught me that he's in control. He can move mountains with a word. He can calm one's soul after their family has gone through a hurricane, or a loved one suddenly passes away from brain cancer. But most of all, he takes the broken and makes them strong. God has taught me that I cannot be my own savior, and I cannot fix all of my friends' problems. Sometimes all we can do is simply sit and be still and trust in God. God has shown me what it feels like to be in relationship with others while keeping him at the center of those relationships. That truth has been my conviction and challenge. God has reminded me that he doesn't change. He never fails. His hand is sovereign. He's constant. He's trustworthy. He's holy. He's worthy of reverence, and he's caring. He's there when you call. He executes judgment, but he's faithful to redeem. He's reminded me that he's a good father, and he knows what he's doing. God has taught me to pray earnestly, reminded me that I am not divine, and pulled me to focus more on him. He's helped me grow resilience. God has taught me that he is a holy and perfect God who sees and remembers his people. He is perfect and just and does not always spare Israel from the punishment that they deserve, but is ultimately working for their good. He works for the good of his people in, even when they are so unworthy of his love. God has taught me that it is hard to be silent, but in this silence, I listen, but also in this silence, he listens. In this silence, my heart is poured out and he fills it. God has convicted me of a faith that existed in word alone and the need to do justice and serve him, even if I'm not certain what that looks like all of the time. God has taught me that my life is not about measuring up to a standard of perfection. Instead, my life is about drawing near to him and his grace, relying on him and giving him all that I am. God has been teaching me that he is faithful to heal and restore. The holy God of justice is teaching me to humbly accept his righteousness as my own. He says, be still and know that I am God. God speaks clearly. God has taught me that he is just even when those he has chosen are not. God has taught me that there is a God and it's not me. God has taught me that despite the box I put him in, my expectations will be blown every time I put my situations in the palm of his hand, remembering that my life isn't mine and belongs to him. God has taught me that trying to be my own God and trying to do things my own way leaves me heartbroken and depleted and that isn't what he wants for me. He is so much better. 